Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Learning at Home podcast. Speaking as usual is your host, Gilbert Cadiz. In today's podcast, we will be recording a topic on the importance of developing a growth mindset for children. This will be presented by Alex Scotchbrook. Alex opened the first Tudor Doctor office in the UK and has been part of Tudor Doctor for nine years now. She is currently an education consultant and a franchisee and is really passionate about looking at the whole student. And she wrote about the growth mindset and the academic success formula. And she's very excited to present this next topic for everybody today. Hopefully you enjoy this one. Let's welcome Alex Gotchbrook to the podcast. All right, and we're, we are currently with Alex Scotchbrook. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So you've written a chapter here about uh, specifically in the academic success formula, and the chapter is about the importance of developing a growth mindset, specifically for children. What drove you to write a chapter around this topic? Gil, it's just something I see Every single day, 10 minutes before we started chatting here, I was on the phone to a tutor and she was saying, you know, this kid, she's got everything she needs to succeed, but she seems to think it's my exam, not hers. So there's a specific, um, there are some specific things about growth mindset that are meant in the context of a student, but I'm also looking at it in the wider context of what does it take for success to feel natural for a student and for them to realize it's part of their human condition if you like is to be able to be successful um and the approach to failure that people have so this student that we were talking about 10 minutes ago the tutor just said until she takes ownership of her work and realize that this is her exam not mine I can't take her any further she knows all the material she just hasn't got the the mental state to succeed in an exam. And I was doing it 10 minutes ago. I probably spoke about it two hours ago. I see it in almost every consultation I go to. And it was almost the first thing I learned when I started on my training to become a coach. Um, and, and even before that, when I was doing my own personal development, back then it might be called a positive attitude. But now it's not just a spurious positive attitude. Now they've got neuroscience. They can see inside your brain and they can see. It's almost like having a growth mindset creates a positive attitude, not the other way around, if you see what I mean, because of the way the brain grows. Very interesting. And I think as part of this chapter here, you talk a little bit about a growth mindset versus a, a fixed mindset. Would you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Yeah, this is uh, it's really important stuff. There was a, a, a doctor called Carol Dweck, who's a psychologist, and she started being fascinated by the attitudes about failure and she started these studies about 30 years ago but she has looked at thousands and thousands of children all about age 11 12 I think and noticed how when when there's a mistake when there's a failure some rebound and some get absolutely devastated even over the tiniest little mistake it kind of hits them on a personal level mm. And so her research has defined these two states of mind, particularly among students, young people. So you can have a fixed mindset, which most of us Westerners have. And with a fixed mindset, you're clever or you're one of the stupid ones. Or we've got the maths gene in our family. Oh, my family's all rubbish at maths. Um, 
Hmm, that's interesting. This kid is just someone who, whatever you, you know, I'm someone who can achieve. If you give me something to do, I'll do it. I'll do it better than anyone. Or you might think, hmm, I'm just not that clever. So this is the thing that used to drive me crazy when I was a coach of grown-ups, because adults are also fixed in their mindset about who they are in the world. So you might suggest a tiny change in one direction, and they go, I can't do that. It's just who I am. And you don't see that in kids, but kids absorb this feeling of, I'm clever, I'm not. And even when they've excelled themselves at school and they've gone all the way to, um, well, the studies are done in America, so they go up to the Ivy League universities like Harvard, and suddenly they're in a group of people who are all just as high achievers as they are, and they do their first test and they fail it. Hmm. And even after all those years of success, that can switch this fixed mindset into maybe I wasn't just that clever after all. Maybe everyone else in my class was just stupid. So again, when what the studies show is when people have this mindset, it's almost like they've got no control over what they do, but the devastation over failure is, is, is quite profound and sort of adds to their evidence that, you see, I can't do it. So that's what we're kind of, in the West anyway, that's what we're naturally like. I'm clever, but not as clever as my brother. We kind of rank ourselves. With a growth mindset, they don't do that. So the, the kids that were in the train, they got a brief training on growth mindset um, because with neuroscience now, they can see that this is true. Uh, and there's stuff that I may come on to later about that. But growth mindset, the, the little bit of training they got was that every time you make a mistake in maths, you grow a new synapse. That's every single time they've scanned your brains to see this. If you get the math right, you don't fire a new synapse. If you get it wrong, you actually grow your brain. So they train kids in this and they show them that everybody its part of the human condition. It's the way our brains are wired. Everybody can learn and they'll have to put in some effort. And we have to try new things. And by trying new things, we'll make mistakes. So in a way, with the growth mindset, it's learning that becomes the goal with the understanding that that there'll be some effort and there'll be some um, application along the way and there'll be some mistakes along the way. But when I spend that time and when I spend that effort, I'll get there because they know that by going through that process, they have developed new synapses and the synapses will start to work together and they'll be able to achieve their goal. So um, it's 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 quite a profound thing, but it's a very, very simple mindset to have. It's just that if I put in the effort, I'll get there. So learning becomes pleasurable, even, I mean, effort and hard work and study and mistakes. They're not everybody's favorite word. Um, but, but, but in this case, it, the growth mindset kids, when they get challenged, they, 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 get, they get more motivated. With a fixed mindset, when they get seriously challenged, they become deflated. Because the challenge to a fixed mindset goes, oh, you're not that clever after all. Whereas the challenge to a growth mindset is, how can I break this down? How can I make this look simple? What do I know that can get me to this goal? So it's interesting rather than crushing. Mm, that's really fascinating because it's as if children now, it's as if we're saying here that we can help them reframe how they see themselves as well as their fix or what they perceive to be their limitations or this fixed mindset, which is great. And in this case, how can children actually uh, go about developing this kind of growth mindset? What are some strategies that you would recommend for children or for parents to teach their children in developing a growth mindset? 
Yeah. So depending on the age of the child, of course, it will be slightly different. So with the younger kids, the, the, the child doesn't have to do anything, but parents and teachers both, there are specific things they found through these studies, such as the type of praise that the student gets. So you often you walk around people peering saying, clever boy, or goodness me, you must be gifted, or what an amazing talent you have. And that's a lovely thing to hear as a child. It makes you smile. But it's fixed mindset. So instead, it's look at the thinking that you've done to reach that or how hard have you concentrated to make that beautiful or um, tell me how you got there. Did you break that down into little steps and then get the big goal or whatever? So you're, 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 you're praising them for their thinking. You're praising them for their tenacity and for sticking at it. Um, you're not praising them for inherent brains because this is the most important thing about the study that came out is our when I say inherent brains that implies that we're, we're born with it and we're stuck with it but the brain does grow there was a a neuroscientist looked at two brain scans one was a pianist brain scan and the other one was a taxi driver's brain scan um, in the old days before satnav I have to add um, and the neuroscientist could tell exactly because one brain was more developed in the field of fine motor coordination, the musician, and the other brain was massively more developed in the field of spatial awareness because he'd had to do map reading. Those babies' brains would have looked pretty similar, but as they grew up and put in effort and continuously fired their brains in similar ways, the actual physical structure mm. of their brain changed. Um, so that's why you don't want to act as if intelligence is inherent you want to act as if it's innate it's just waiting to That's come out think so. um so yes I, and I, sorry so it's basically in this case um facilitating this growth mindset involves praising their tenacity as you'd mentioned or their way of thinking which is encouraging them to think for themselves and to to uh, then grow those synapses in their brain obviously i don't think we'd tell children that Hey, you're growing synapses in your brain. Maybe you could. <laughs> I don't think they'd be so interested yeah. in that specifically. But. Well, they, they they get grown when they yeah they're grown when the kid makes the mistake. So it's 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 even when the kid makes a mistake, it's oh let's have a look at what happened there. Now, how can we think about this differently? Um, or you know, you want to get them to ask questions and to use good strategies and things like that. Mm. So that's what you praise them around. Interesting. Okay. So in this case, what about, so this applies, of course, we can think about this applied in academics, uh, learning math, learning English, for example. What about in life? Why is developing the right strategies in this case to develop a growth mindset? Um, why is it important in life and not just academics? Because as with the student I mentioned earlier, if you're, when your body and your brain are not collaborating, you're not going to end up getting results. And that's true whether you're at university, whether you're in a job. If your boss comes in and gives you a task that you think is impossible and you don't think you've got the skills and you just don't feel up to it, but you don't ask any questions about it, you're going to have a not good two months coming up ahead. But if you understand how to turn that into a goal, break it down into tasks and ask questions where you don't know. I'll go for outside resources. It, that's what, if you don't have the resources yourself, it's feeling okay to ask for them. Whereas most people or a lot of people don't because they'd be scared to. And with a student earlier, she just hadn't taken on the goal as hers. She didn't see the job as hers to achieve. So it's about, imagine, imagine a life where you've got 
enthused about the challenges mm. in your life rather than defeated. It's that sort of difference. I love that idea of the body and brain in collaboration. I can imagine here, at, at least in the workplace, I could imagine um, if people are not feeling healthy, they haven't gotten enough sleep, and they go, they go to work and they think they can handle the workload, eventually they might break down because their bodies might be exhausted in that mm. case. And instead of embracing the challenge, we might then be thinking of a fixed mindset where we'd say, oh, you know what? I'm way too tired. I don't think I can handle this. Whether Rather than saying, look, maybe this is a new opportunity for me to grow. Maybe I can do something more with this. So I really love that idea of the body and brain collaboration. That's amazing. Um, to yeah. go back to the book a little bit, you talk a little bit about your students in the chapter, actually. So one that really stood out was Kate's story and the idea of envisioning herself mm. as an A student. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Kate's story and how envisioning your goals in this case can help develop a growth mindset? Yes, I remember Kate so well. This poor girl, she was absolutely lovely. She was in her last year of school. She'd always been a really, really good student, high achieving student with a fixed mindset. I'd have said she was a very intelligent girl. But <laughs> she had applied herself consistently throughout school and had got to a place where she was really, really set to achieve. And then I got called in and it was just a few weeks before the exam. And the mother just said Kate was, she'd gone into a meltdown. She couldn't think, she couldn't prioritise. So I went and met them and it was literally so close to the exams that we pulled her out of school in the lunch break and we had a chat together. And she she looked old, she looked worried, she was pale. And what had happened was her biology teacher had gone off on paternity leave with a whole half a unit or a good chunk of a unit that had never been taught to the class her class had been merged with another class but that class had already covered this unit and it was something quite specific that needed to be answered in a quite specific way so it wasn't just that easy for her to catch up on on her own but Kate had gone into free spin over this her, she had stress brain ever when you have stress brain your working memory doesn't Very work true. and you can't Very manipulate true. facts. You can't think creatively around a problem. She hadn't set goals. She was just in the um, in a wrong headspace. And she told me all about the problems she had. And she had been sitting up night after night after night, frantically paging through her books and trying to do some work. But you can hear by my use of the word frantic that she wasn't being effective because she wasn't in the right mindset. So as she was getting, she talked faster and faster and she sort of, she started frowning and, and, and she was in a state. So I just said, Kate, remember your GCSEs. These are our big exams at the age of 15. And she came out with straight A's from those. I said, remember how you felt when you went into those exams. Now, that's you. So can you just be that, Kate, for one minute? You're an A student. You're someone who gets results now what do you need? And she told me exactly. She goes, I need help to sort out this half module. I said, okay, do you need information or strategy? She said, both. Great. Now, Kate, are you allowed to have fun every day if you're going to get an A? She goes, oh, yes, it's really, really important to laugh when you're going to get an A. I said, okay. So you told me you've been working till one, two in the morning trying to sort this out, trying to study it. As an A student, how much sleep do you need a night? And she told me, she told me what she needed to eat. She told me how she needed to sleep. She told me that she needed break and relaxation so that she could, you know, recharge her brain. And she told me that she needed a plan and she needed to allocate this time in the diary. 
and she probably need a tutor to help her with some of the trickier bits. Mm. So she suddenly went from, oh, I can't do it, it's terrible, to, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and then this. And at the end I said, and are you going to get an A? And she went, yeah. It was as if suddenly she owned the A, the A was part of her. And that's all that's happened is she's gone into a different mindset because she came in from everything's against me and the universe is conspiring to make me fail and there's nothing I can do about it and I'm a total victim to I'm in charge of this show actually. So you basically summarize this idea that you cannot change the outer world but trying to do so leads to burnout in this frantic this for example frantic situation that you had just described but uh, in this case you basically describe um, that she could change how she reacted and responded to the outer world which I think is a brilliant thing. That's it. And it's literally, if you change your mind, you literally change your brain. So she changed how she felt and thought about it. Her brain is now firing in different areas, producing different chemicals. She was flooded with cortisol and adrenaline before because of the stress. And that, that literally directs the blood flow to different places of your brain that, that, that cut off logical thinking. So you change your mind, you change your brain. So when Kate started thinking positive thoughts, she's cut, stopped the cortisol, stopped the adrenaline, stopped all that stress brain thinking and redirected the blood to the bits of her brain that's needed for logical thinking, for planning, for organisation and for all the things that she needs to get this massive task done. So you literally, by changing your own state about something, you change the way your mind is working. And if you change your state about mistakes that you made you know you can do self-flagellation all day long and feel really really bad about your mistakes or you can just go hey I must have grown a bit of my brain by making that mistake I've learned something new I won't do it again off we go and you're not flooding yourself with stress hormones again which can actually in the, in the long term lead to burnout lead to illness lead to all sorts of nasties so that's why I'm so keen to get young people to be able to approach their mistakes and failures as just part of the learning process. It's just part of the way to get to get to your successful place that you want to be at. This is very important, I think, for children specifically. This is amazing. And also, I think in the chapter, you talk a little bit about Max's story as well, didn't you? And you talked about how he had, had a bit of a different vision. Could you de ex describe his, uh, his situation in, in this case? Max, <laughs> I'm just laughing because he was he was a really nice boy. He was very, very cool. You could tell he was just one of the popular guys at school. And his mum wanted him to get tutoring. His mum was, oh, he's all over the place. He can't do anything. If only he applied himself, he's getting get his grades. So I thought, OK, Max, I'm going to do my A student routine on you. <laughs> so I say, OK, Max, you know what you're capable of. You know what's inside you. I want you to imagine that it's the third Thursday in August and that's the day you get your GCSE results. These are these big exams. And you go up to that board and you see that you've got an A. How do you feel inside? And he said, no, I don't want an A. <laughs> I'm not having that. And I said, what? You know, I said, go on, that's interesting. I know. I said, I've never heard anyone say that out loud before. I've seen it on their faces sometimes, to be honest. But I've never heard anyone say that out loud before. What makes you say that? He, he goes, oh, I didn't even know I thought that until I blurted it out. And I said, well, think about it now. What what do you think of, think of yourself as an A student? What's making you run away from it? He goes, well, A students have no friends. 
and A students have to work all the time. And I just, and then he sort of started self-correcting, and he said, "Oh, I, I, I don't, I, I, that's not right, is it?" So we broke it down again. We took this because as long as he he might say he wanted an A, he did want the things an A would get him, but inside his gut, he didn't want to be an A student because of he thought his life would be over. So we just had to kind of merge those two or get his head straight around them because your brain has. Half your brain is conspiring to do things for you, but it's got a load of mixed messages from your unconscious, basically. So it's, it's we've all got a permanently single friend who says, uh, well, we might not all, but I do always have this permanently single. I want a man who's tall and dark and handsome and rich and very successful in his life, but also terribly sensitive and probably into art and likes playing the guitar. And you never shout. And they just describe two completely opposite people, and their subconscious is going. I'm looking, I'm looking, but I don't know how to find it. So in Max's case, he wanted the good results, but he didn't want the loss of status and all the things that he had. Um, so his brain couldn't work together because there was go switches in one area and no go switches in the other area. And they were just sort of clashing, which is exhausting when your unconscious is fighting with itself like that. So again, you want to make sure that the goal is aligned to the whole person. And Max, you know, in the end, it wasn't so much about the A for him, but he wanted to be seen to be articulate and intelligent and to be able to express himself. And at his age, the best way to do that is to get an A for English. So off we went. And I do believe he got it as well, because this was a few years ago. <laughs> wow. Talk about goal setting and reaching your goals. Big shout out to Max and Kate in this case. That's amazing. These are great stories of, of children that have, or not necessarily children, but you know, um, young teens that have achieved their goals in, in a sense. This is amazing. So you've given us some advice on how parents can help their children develop a growth mindset. One of them was to encourage, uh, encouragement rather, to try new things, pushing them out of their comfort zones a little bit. I believe that's called uh, the zone of proximal development. I'm terrible with names, but for some reason, I remember that one. Do you have any other advice that you would love to share with parents specifically um, to help their children develop a growth mindset before we end the podcast here? It, it, it's the one message for parents is praise them for their effort, praise them for their tenacity, praise them for their thinking, praise them for their having a go. Don't just praise them for being pretty or smart or, you know, things that they can't help. And praise from parents is always important. Praise from teachers is also important, but that comes in a slightly different form. So it, but it's, if the adults around the child can never get upset over a mistake, but go, let's look at what happened and let's look at how you can get this right. Um, and understand that they're literally going, they're growing their brains when they make mistakes. Um, but, but mainly it's encouraging them to have a go, give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? None of us are born knowing anything. And I believe we're all equal in that respect. So uh, we all just become who we are through the efforts and the application that we make in life. Thank you, Alex, so much. I love this topic of developing a growth mindset, especially for children. I think this gives parents and families a lot of hope for their children, actually. So thank you so much for sharing your insight with us. It's an absolute pleasure. I really love this episode, and I think this is the first time I've said brilliant in a conversation or a podcast recording ever, so I'd like to give a special thank you to Alex Scotchbrook for joining us for today's podcast, 
And just a little bit about high achieving students here. I think this gives a lot of hope for families who are worried about their child succeeding in school and in life. I think the growth mindset not only gives us a lot of hope, but a lot of insight as to how we can develop new synapses in our brain so that we can continue to grow as human beings. I think this is a wonderful topic and a brilliant one, if I may add. So thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. And we will see you in the next podcast.